whether you've got her by accident or hijacked or kidnapped, you have yet again got into the podcast of Fishing Without Bait, the show that just won't die. Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we assist people in not finding themselves, but rather creating themselves. If you're welcome nowhere else, you're certainly welcome here. No admission other than the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim L. R. Meyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as always, we offer an eclectic roster of guests. And today I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Miss Shauna. Miss Shauna joined our merry band a number of years ago and has quite an interesting story to tell. So, Shauna, how would you introduce yourself if you were captured by aliens, abducted by aliens, and taken back to their home planet, how would you, what would you say about yourself? They say, tell us about yourself, human. Well, that's a interesting uh, way to introduce myself there to, to aliens. I think I would uh, have to say that I am a humble human hailing from planet Earth. I consider myself to be a a Christian cowgirl that kind of encapsulates the the essence of, of who I am, uh, my love of horses and and my faith and my heart for people. So, so what would conceptualize a Christian cowgirl? Well, Jim, uh, I have a lengthy history of loving horses for the greater part of my life now. Um, Ever since I, I was a little girl, I found my solace at the barn. Um, I've had my own time of troubles like you, you tend to speak about in my own life, uh, coming from a, a broken home life and experiencing some difficulties and challenges fitting in like many youth do. Um, and I found my, my place at the farm with horses and I have really just fallen in love with the, the unconditional love and non-judgment that they tend to provide. And um, that's what has really shaped me into becoming who I am today. So when you talk about the unconditional love and support that and the non-judgmental stance that a horse can take, say more about that, Shauna. Some people say that horses are like a mirror for our emotions, but um, that's actually not always the case. So we are predators, whereas horses are prey animals. And so they are incredibly in tune to our emotions. And so from the moment that uh, we encounter the presence of a horse, they are kind of feeling us out. Um, they are not making any preconceived notions or judgments about us. Um, but they are from the moment that we encounter them kind of sensing, uh, what's going on with us. And, um, so we come as we are to them and they take that feedback and they respond to us in, the manner that is appropriate, whether we are a threat or whether we are uh, a peace, we come in peace, then then they'll be peaceful with us. So what you're telling us is that perhaps your home environment yeah, perhaps wasn't the most 
wonderful place to grow and bloom as a as a child or an adolescent, and you found uh, some type of comfort uh, in being in the barn. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was it was difficult having um, parents that weren't together uh, growing up during a time that that wasn't really the norm and. Uh, experiencing some bullying throughout uh, late elementary and, and middle school and uh, trying to to find a, a sport or, or an activity that um, was really a place that, that I could thrive. And so tried a couple of different things um, that weren't really the, the best fit. And from the time that I rode a horse for the first time, I just felt like home. So there's so many people that feel that they don't fit in and feel awkward, and they desperately want to be a part of. Did you feel that way? Absolutely. I definitely did. And horses are herd animals by nature. So Herd animals? Herd animals. So... I like to say that we as humans are similar to herd animals in that while we can survive in isolation on our own, not having a group to be a part of, we really can't thrive. So like horses, when we find our own herd, we can truly thrive. Would you repeat that, please? I love that, I love that phrase. So just like horses, while we can survive in isolation, we cannot truly thrive. So when we find our herd, we can really thrive. There are so many people out there that I believe that can resonate with that. So many people out there that feel so alone and they feel bullied and not part of and they feel that no one understands them, no one is listening to them, no one respects them or gives them the benefit of the doubt or the freedom to decide uh, and as we often talk about in this show, Shauna, that everybody is in recovery from something. It doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be depression, anxiety, or so many people are trying to form an identity and find a conception of themselves. So tell us about a little bit about that journey. Tell us about the blooming of Shauna. <laughs> oh, the blooming of Shauna. Where do I start? Um, well, I would say that uh, given my life circumstances from early on, I definitely struggled with a level of anxiety and uh, self-doubt, um, especially some difficulties with self-esteem, as uh, many young girls do. And um, once I found my solace at the farm, um, that was also around the time that I was sort of acquiring my my faith at the time, um, which, like I said, I do identify as as Christian, and I I believe in my Savior Jesus Christ, and um, and really encountering being around horses just kind of solidified that spiritual experience for me because horses are such spiritual beings as well. Um, and so I went through this really challenging time period. I was, um, I had just transitioned from uh, public school to private school, and I was, was really getting into um, learning to ride at the time and, and just starting out with some 
kind of amateur showing and 4-H and things like that, spending a lot of time at the barn. And um, at the same time, my uh, grandfather's health was failing. Um, He had pulmonary fibrosis, and he was the the primary father figure for me growing up. So that was a really challenging time of my life. Um, And then I, around that time, I outgrew my first pony and I acquired my first horse as a, as a teenager. And I was so excited to train this horse. Um, it was my, my first, my first horse as a two-year-old, which is around the time that we start to, to train them to be able to be ridden for the first time. And, um, I was just, I was just over the moon excited to, to have her. And, um, Unfortunately, after only having her for a few weeks, um, she was in a really tragic accident, Jim. And uh, due to some complications from that sudden and tragic accident, um, she she had to be euthanized mm. and, and she didn't survive mm. the experience. So... Um, I endured my first very painful loss as as a young girl and um, very not too long after I actually lost my grandfather as well. And this was a really pivotal time in my um, identity formation and kind of my my faith formation because, Everything I knew was just shaken. My my love for horses, um, the the solid family life that I did have was just completely turned upside down, and I I was shaken. I was being tested, and I wanted to walk away from it all at that time, Jim. I really did. I said, "Well, if if this is how painful loving horses can be, maybe I don't want to be a part of it." Mm-hmm. So this is a point in some people's life where they build up a defense mechanism, and I'm sure that both you and I encounter people when they feel this tremendous emotional pain, they either seek out and help and others to encourage and support them, or they develop this this persona of I don't care. Yeah, and that was definitely true for me. I was incredibly in so much pain on the inside, but on the outside, I was developing that defense mechanism of, of, I don't care. Uh, I don't want anything to do with horses. I don't want to get another horse. I just kind of wanted to shut the whole world out at that Mm. point. So during this time in your lifespan development, who was providing you encouragement and support? Who was there that you could talk to? Who was there that could emphasize with you and be with you? So it was really the encouragement from my mother at the time that really kept me going. Um, she knew that deep down that passion for horses was still there. And she did not want to see that flame go out in me. And so she really encouraged um, fanning those flames to help them spark up again. What type of peer support did you have, Shauna? I had a few friends at the farm um, who also, like me, had not experienced the most welcoming environment in 
their schools and their hometowns. Mm. Um, we kind of all came from from different areas and walks of life, but um, we were combined by our love of horses and um, they were also a good support system for me at the time, encouraging me not to walk away from it. Okay, so in the 12-step world, it said that we are people who normally would not mix. However, it's our singleness of purpose that binds us together. So what you're saying, this group of individuals and your singleness of purpose was being on a farm and your love for horses. Absolutely. Cool. So you found found a passion, you found a purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. So you found that, you're in high school. So tell us, go on. Sure. So after I had spent this this period of time grieving, um, the the horse that I had lost, who I had actually affectionately named Everlasting Hope, um, Everlasting Hope had a half sister who was in need of mercy and love and. Um, someone to to be a safe haven for her. And so at the urging of my my peer support that I had, as well as uh, my mother who was really encouraging me not to give up on what I loved, I opened my heart to this young filly um, who was wild-eyed and fearful and very clearly hurting in ways that only I could also understand. Mm. And so, Jim, we (laughs) went through this process of me trying to catch her, her running away, um, getting frustrated, wondering if this was ever going to work, until there was one day that in a state of vulnerability, um, and I would never suggest that anyone ever uh, crawl up on a horse laying down on their hands and knees, but Jim, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> and um, this horse, this this little mare, just looked up at me, opened her big brown eyes, and we had this moment where we just connected. Hmm. And from that day forward... Uh, divine, as I affectionately named her, ah. and I became inseparable. Mm. And we helped each other through a recovery period and really had a, a transformation. Well, it's often said that we have we have acquaintances in our lives and we have friends, and then we have what I call bonded life companions. And it said that you're never really truly friends until you've suffered together. I would agree with that. So, and in the 12-step world, we also say that nothing happens by mistake in God's world. So tell me about how this, you believe that this circumstance was placed in your life and you actually took advantage of it. So when we talk in the 12-step world about paying attention on purpose, that we say that if we're present and aware, this is when the Creator, the Divine, will put people, places, circumstances, and events into your life. And if you're there, 
there, present to witness it, then it will have some meaning in your life. So say more about that. Sure. Well, I think if I had stayed in my own head um, and in my own state of of despair and uh, grief and, you know, past-oriented thought, uh, that I really would have missed what was right in front of me. Mm. And what was right in front of me was an opportunity to heal and be a healer at the same time. To be a healer. Yeah, I really, I know that there are a lot of people who are passionate about rescue when it comes to cats and dogs and horses are really no exception. They they really require a lot of patience and uh, gentleness and perseverance, <laughs> for sure. So who do you think got the most out of this relationship, you or Divine? Honestly, I would say that there's no way to choose. It, it had to be both of mm. us mutually benefiting. Okay. When we talk about synchronicity, when we talk about... These things like one plus one equals three, it sounded like uh, the sum was greater than its parts in this particular instance. Absolutely. Wow. What a, uh, what a great story. So when we talk about, when we talk about recovery stories and we talk about people's moment of clarity and we talk about the epiphanies, it sounds like your moment of clarity came in your life when you and Divine got connected. Absolutely. I I always knew my entire life growing up as a little girl that I had a purpose in helping to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And I I felt that to the depths of my soul, but I never really knew how that was supposed to happen. Uh, but after having this mutually beneficial experience, mm-hmm. this um, this interaction that was was truly divine okay um that really sparked my my passion and my love not only for horses even more um but i knew i wanted others to experience what i had experienced Ah, as well okay so you started to develop this concept of what i would call carrying the message so there you are uh, you and the horse you and Divine have a bond together and you're both healing and you move on from there. I continue to um, have my my bond with Divine throughout the years as I go on to graduate high school and college, um, got a degree in applied psychology from Pennsylvania State University um, after which time I went for my master's in clinical mental health counseling at Geneva College. Because I knew that I wanted to help people in a really life-changing way, and I knew what it was like to experience anxiety, depression, um, not fitting in and just really not not knowing what your purpose is in this world. And I knew that there was a better way to to help people cope with that than traditional talk therapy. 
And it was when I discovered that my love for horses and my desire to help people could be combined um, that that really sparked my lifelong passion for equine-assisted psychotherapy. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.